0: I'm to Green. You might know me from things like Bovine Sex Club, Buffalo Holding Center, and Zwinker. Welcome to the to Green podcast. How's everybody doing? Are you uh, feeling real different than you did last week? Probably not, because uh, nothing ever changes during the age of Corona and quarantine and everything like that. Unless you're uh, one of these dummies trying to be like, "Open up the government right now!" or not the government, open up, you know, everything else. Big and down with the government and all that stuff. I mean, you know, like, I get it. I don't like the government either, but that's because, I don't know. eh, I don't know why, actually. I kind of do like the government sometimes, just not the whole, like, law enforcement part. That kind of sucks, you know? I think we could do better uh, overall with the things that are going on there. But uh, the whole idea of uh, managing people and trying to make sure you don't get fucking sick and kill everybody and everybody dies or, like, trying to minimize that shit. I think it's important. And, uh, you know, all these fucking knuckleheads uh, parading around with guns and stuff, acting like they're real tough. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's scary. I don't want to fucking mess with somebody with a gun. But at the same time, I think you're a fucking dummy. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. uh, That whole idea of your your safety, my safety is not as important as your right to uh, carry a gun. Or something i don't know it's fucking weird but anyway um just want to uh give a shout out to the patrons of course love you guys uh thanks for continuing to stick in there we got luke ellis heather royston gem city sabrina vaughn cotton sarah koenig chelsea mcnally cardboard box colony and carlos hernandez uh i know i just referred to them as my patrons but i really prefer to call them the uh producers of the podcast because they're the ones who make it all happen um and you can also get on the uh producer tip, as it were, all right. Uh by going onto to uh, patreon.com slash intruder green. Uh you can also just hit up all this stuff for intruder green at intrudergreen.com. I uh I don't know. I messed around a little bit with the website and it's not really that much different. But you can get on there and like see more about uh yeah, I don't know. I got the YouTube link up there. But, you know, you can get on YouTube anyway. Go, Just fucking subscribe to the YouTube channel. I've been doing some more video stuff and everything like that. And uh, although, you know, I only really give a shout out to the patrons uh, as being producers of the, the Intruder Green podcast. Uh, they're really accountable for, like, pretty much all the stuff that I get to do. Because, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, unfortunately, you know, like, uh, still got to get money and uh it's high, it, you know i'm i'm trying not to go rob people for it cuz that's you know that'll get you in jail and like well i guess now would be the time to do it anyway because we can't fucking go do anything fun in anyway right now and so if you get arrested you know like whatever but uh i don't i still don't want to do that so um it's better to do like fun stuff like this making a podcast making videos for you guys and uh all sorts of things that you might enjoy and I enjoy doing the problem is it takes time and effort, and uh you know I gotta pay my caterer and everything, so uh you know I need money to do that, and basically uh people who d- get on the patreon and help me out there are the ones that are mainly accountable for it. I also get a little bit of like ad money as you know from uh the 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 good companies that help represent the uh True to the Green podcast, but you know, it's, 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 it's just a little bit, you know, like they're, they're, they're struggling companies too. And they got to fucking do their thing. And I do my thing. And it's all a lot of fun. Anyway, on this uh, episode, we, it's, uh, it's an extra special one for me because, uh, I finally get to, uh, talk to one of the, my favorite drummers, dangerous Darren Pfeiffer, uh, he used to drum for Goldfinger, um, which, uh, we get into it a little bit in the interview but I have to say like uh Goldfinger's two ter- the Gold, Goldfinger's first two albums were probably still two of my first uh two of my favorite albums of all time like I don't know where exactly they go but like probably in the top 10 top 5 even maybe um at least hang ups that was fucking a really good one I used to have a hard time choosing between uh Goldfinger's first album and the second one Hangups but I think ultimately hangups is my favorite it's just got like something about it it's like super skyy but then they get super like punky too i mean, i don't know i just love it i think it's great um and part of it is like the tones that they use and uh yeah i don't know um maybe uh we talk about it in the podcast i can't remember but um darren's got his own uh i guess it's a podcast it sells it like it's a radio show and it sounds kind of like a radio show too cuz they use crazy sound effects and whatnot. Um so uh I don't know. I mean we might be doing a tragedy thing. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to work, but uh stay uh you know, stay tuned for that. Could could happen. All right. Um and yeah, I had a good time talking to Darren and uh we met actually the first time back in uh when he was doing punk rock karaoke, which is kind of his main uh, musical gig now. Uh he's done a bunch of stuff since uh the Goldfinger days, but uh that's that's one of the things. Uh punk rock all-star, karaoke, uh they've got a bunch of you know, stuff and I got to go meet all those guys and I got to sing uh uh Just a Girl by No Doubt. Can you tell that my sinuses are just going nuts right now? I know like uh <clears throat> I was just talking to somebody who lives in Southern California and I was super jealous because down there the is always beautiful. And you don't got to worry about this sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, all the pollen in the air is making me crazy. My voice is getting dry. My fucking nose is getting all plugged up. I can't talk anymore. So uh, I'm going to stop talking. And uh, without further ado, I'm with the show.
1: Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from...
0: Intro Green.
1: An inmate at the General Correctional Institution. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 1.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, dangerous Darren on the Intruder Green Podcast. All right. Um yeah. All right, all right. It's great that we finally uh figured this shit out. I know uh you you busy guy, you got like lots of family stuff going on. It's probably not the easiest uh situation now with everybody being on lockdown and everything like that. Yeah,
1: there was so they got the family situation, you got the lockdown plus me and my wife. We just moved into a new house in Culver City, California, so so we so that all that whole thing happened. The move happened right when the mayor of L.A., uh, a guy named Eric Garcetti, was basically telling uh, El Angelinos to lock it down. Oh, so shit. the very next day, we had a truck planned and we had a move, and it was just a because moving is a nightmare anyway. But then under a lockdown, it's like tenfold. So we had that hanging over our heads. Then and, and then yeah, uh, my stepdaughter it was. Um, off of school for two weeks and then she's homeschooled with a computer it's it's a whole
0: crazy new world we live in right now man really crazy it is a crazy world and uh i I heard somebody being like maybe you know what happens if this is like the new normal and it was like an older guy and he was like i don't is uh he's a writer and uh he says something along the lines of like i never thought i would have to take my shoes off to go on an airplane so like maybe this is like a new uh a thing we just do now with the social distancing because, you know, it's like, yeah, who knows? It could get better, but maybe it's just the way it is now and we have to, like, hopefully not be on quarantine like this kind of rule for too long, but, uh, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be partially like this and then partially back to normal because you can't have too much social distancing when it comes to movie theaters or concerts or sporting events. There's, there's a lot of stuff in the world. Like even going to the DMV to get your license, you got to be around a lot of people. So there's, there's situations in society where you have to have large gatherings of people, whether it's a a voting situation or, or, you know, there's so many different situations that we all got to come together. But as far as people um, wearing masks, I think you're going to see that for at least another year or two uh people are going to be paranoid about this uh, unless unless there's a straight-up cure unless science comes out and says we got this we figured it out you know we figured out smallpox we figured out um polio we figured out other diseases and we figured this one out get a shot and you're good to go you'll never get it again ever don't worry about it put it in your rearview mirror so barring that i think we'll see social distancing to a point but you can't lock down the sporting leagues forever you can't lock down concerts and bands like we're both in bands we that yeah. can't be locked down indefinitely it just
0: can't well yeah and that's the thing it's like uh <laughs> that's this huge part of the what just the economy and everything like keeping shit going and whatnot um people got to make money so i can steal from them so uh you know i'm all for it uh but uh yeah i don't know i don't want to get too much into the coronavirus talk because it's like what everybody's talking about right now but i feel like people want to talk about other things and uh i'm interested uh, the, the, I don't know if everybody knows like your whole uh your story as far as like uh you grew up in Buffalo, right? Buffalo, New York. Yep, just yeah. uh, the art, the, one of
1: the armpits of America.
0: Yeah, I think you wrote a song or two about that.
1: <laughs> I did. I yeah. did. Yeah, it's good stuff. It, it's a it's a love hate relationship, man. It really is because like I, I'm from there and I grew up there and I love the sporting teams and I love. Oh yeah, seeing my friends and I love the city, but it it is a Venus flytrap of of cities. And what I mean by that is, if you don't get out, you're stuck. Oh yeah, I, I wanted to get out at 15. I was like, I got to get out of here, but I got to get I got to get through school and maybe a few years of college before I, I get out. And then right around 21, I was like, no, nah, I can't handle it anymore. I mean, I was living downtown, I was living in the city, I was going to shows and. And playing in bands, including a band that actually became Cannibal Corpse. So I was really into the metal
0: scene. Yeah, I saw some about that. And
1: then I moved to LA in '91 and struggled with various bands. And and uh no internet back then, so you had to actually have a little black book with a pen wherever you went and Oh yeah, I remember. Names
0: and, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. You had to write them down, and then you had to call them the next day. Hey, I met Steve; he's a nice guy. Or Andy, or Michelle, and you called them up and be like, "Hey, do you remember me? We met at the bar." and you're a bass player and I'm a drummer or you're a whatever you got, you work at a record label. Let's get together, and have coffee. Uh, now it's just like phones and computers. It's stupid. But, um, back then it was a different story. And then I met John Feldman in 94. Yeah. How the hell did that was happen? Up... With... Oh yeah, go on. It's, it's a really funny story too. It's, um, I worked at Starbucks with one of his friends, a surfer guy named Damien Hardy okay sweetheart of a guy i take it this wasn't in buffalo no 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 i left buffalo when i was like 22 all right 21 22 got out of there and moved to los angeles was working at starbucks john used to come in and see his friend damien and john was just reeling from a band that broke up that he was in called electric love hogs they were like they were it was a stupid name and the band (laughs) was terrible they were it was like it was like
0: it was hot for the time
1: rock yeah exactly it was it was sort of glammy but not really but sort of funky but not really sort of punk but not really it was a, like, it was a weird potpourri of, of different styles but uh they got dropped and then john was looking for a new band and uh, he asked me about drums and i'm like yeah, i can play drums and and this was 93 94 so nirvana were huge right oh yeah and he was like well, what, what what do you think of dave Grohl? And i'm like dave Grohl's a good drummer. He's like Dave Grohl's the best. He got mad at me. He's like Dave Grohl's <laughs> the best rock drummer right now in the whole fucking world. And I'm like, well, he's he's not that good. He's really good, <laughs> but he's not the best drummer in the world. Yeah. And then John goes, "I'll never forget it, man." He goes, "I bet I bet you're better than Dave Grohl, right?" And I go, "Technically, <laughs> I probably am better than Dave Grohl." And he got so <laughs> mad at me.
0: We got into so many fights. Yeah, he sounds like you guys started right on the. uh the great, the best foot possible.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, he'd come in and he'd ask me questions about it. He was like, Oh, do you like metal, Darren? I'm like, I love metal. He didn't know my metal back, you know, mm-hmm. from playing in death metal bands, speed metal bands. And he goes, What do you think of Vinny Paul from Pantera? And I'm like, Well, Vinny, yeah, Vinny's badass. He's an awesome drummer. He's like, Let me guess, you can play all that double bass shit too, right? <laughs> and I said, As a matter of fact, I can. He's like, Oh, you're the best drummer in Los Angeles. Sir. And I remember <laughs> what I said, I mean, you're such an asshole right in front of the whole store. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Luckily, my boss was really cool and didn't fire me. So a demo tape was going around. It wasn't called Gold Figure. It was just John Feldman's name and his phone number on it. And it fell into my lap through hook and crook. And I called him up. On a t- I listened to like five songs on it, and they were awesome. Songs that became our first record. And oh, yeah. I was blown away. It was like right up my alley. Green Day, like punky stuff. Poppy oh, for shit. sure. Loved it. It was a nice guy on it, but it was pretty poppy punky. And and I remember calling him up and I'll never forget what he said to me. I said, Hey John, it's Darren Pfeiffer. And he goes, What do you want? <laughs> I said, um, Oh yeah. I got your demo I got your demo tape. And he goes and he goes, Oh, you did? I go, Yeah, I got your demo tape and it's uh it's um it's it's pretty awesome. And he changed tone from being a guy that was very confrontational with me to um the my new best friend. Oh Damn, yeah, I'm that's sure. That's amazing.
0: When, when you want to <laughs> You care about me? All right. Now we got something going. So I was, I was, I was looking for a band like this. So I got into the room
1: um, with him and Simon Williams, original bass player, Goldfinger. Oh, yeah. There's the three of us and I ripped through those five songs and John was on his hands and knees begging me to get it staying this night. please join my band. I'm like, oh, I'm in some other bands. I don't know. I wanted to say yes, but I was like, he's such an asshole. Like,
0: you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: But dude We jammed again And then we jammed again And then John was writing At a fever's pace This is something me and John Don't really see eye to eye anymore We don't talk Right But I will never Ever cut that man down When it comes to His ability to write a song Yeah John's a brilliant songwriter And a fantastic producer And a great He, can, he knows his way around a song for so sure. he would like write another song, and then another, and then another, and they were all incredible. And I was, I had no choice. I was like, "All right, I'm in the band." He was thrilled, and we became best buds. We were inseparable, like every day together, writing and jamming and getting tight and trying to think of a name. And then we we added another guitar player, who eventually was Charlie Paulson. So oh, now yeah. we we're a four piece band. And it all it all worked out, and then the rest is history. We released records, had some success, toured around the world, blah 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 blah. And now here we are, and I'm not in the band, and no one else is in the band. This is John, and I, Charlie's back, and um, me and Simon are out.
0: Yeah, well, I gotta say, I was a huge fan of uh, the original lineup, um, especially those first two albums that you guys did. Uh, you know, I think uh, Red Intruder Red, the drummer, uh, probably uh, is gonna be uh, jizzing in his pants when he hears this episode of the podcast because uh, you were definitely <laughs> a big influence on his drumming. Um, yeah, you know, those first two albums were fucking great. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like, well, there was a lot of good stuff that you guys did. You were in the band. I, I thought I still, I thought I saw something that you, you, you weren't officially out of the band until like not that long ago, like 2016 or 2015 or something. Yeah. It was 2015, 2016 when I officially left yeah. and I'm not going to go into
1: a long drawn out story about what happened. I can kind of oh, yeah. sum it up in a nutshell. It's just John became somebody that I didn't recognize, and I became someone that I didn't recognize, and I'm sure he didn't he didn't recognize me either. And he had his reservations, and I had mine. But for the last couple of years of that band, Charlie was gone, Kelly and or Simon Williams was gone. It was just John and me, and, and I, I wasn't treated very very kindly, but I wasn't treated very well at all, in my opinion. Yeah. And the fun the fun level, you know how it is when you play with with three guys or four guys in a band and everyone gets along and it's joking and drinking and right. storytelling and girls and getting on the bus and going to the next show and doing it all over again. That was long gone. Oh, it yeah. was drama. It was fights. It was, it was disagreements. It was, uh, you know, John kind of taking complete control of the band, my way to the highway, kind of a mantra. And so the fun level dipped way down and the enjoyment level dipped way down. Uh, I, I used to just dread getting into a room with that band or, or the shows were good because they were, the crowd was into it and I got to meet the fans and say hi to the fans. and That was all nice. But the other 23 hours of the day were, were very not, very not enjoyable at all. But I stayed as long as I could until I couldn't take it anymore, any longer than I, I left.
0: You know? Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, completely. It, it, it's one of those things like, you know, you, when you when you start doing something like that it's it's one of those things where your dreams are coming true because you're doing something that you love doing and you're successful at it and you know everything's clicking and it's great even you know even though maybe you didn't like maybe people had attitudes at the beginning but it's still like it doesn't matter so much because you're just doing your thing and it's great but then yeah once uh things change however they do and then it becomes, like, that job, and it's, like, not just a job, but it's, like, a job you, you're you not really stuck to go to. And, you know, you yeah. can do that and stay home, right? Like, you don't have to go on <laughs> yeah. tour all the time. And, and, yeah, but, you know, you still get to go out and, like, see cool people and other people and stuff, so that's cool. But, uh,
1: yeah, so uh, I left and, uh, I haven't looked back. I'd never want to, you know, I'm never going to say never, but as of right now, it's, it's not a good fit and it's something in my life that I don't crave. Sure. Um, being, being in that band anymore. But uh, now I play in punk, punk rock karaoke. Yeah. And our paths cross in Buffalo,
0: New York. That's right. Excellent. Which I, I was extra excited because I was like, punk rock karaoke, Darren's playing drums. And we're in his hometown. This is crazy. I got to do this thing. Yeah. And I, I, I think I sing yeah. a song with you guys. that did uh that, that No Doubt song, uh, Just a Girl. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. It was a lot of fun. A lot of good crowd. And then you guys played, I believe, after us, right? You guys went on after?
0: Yeah, I think so. Right? I think that's how played? that worked
1: out. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was just a great night. And I remember thinking you guys were cool as fuck. But um, yeah, punk rock karaoke, if, for those who don't know, it's, it's a band of punk rock. Uh, dare I say it, legends like Yo, that have sure. been doing it for about 24 years. Greg Hudson, who is Circle Jerks by Religion, Fame, and Eric from No Effects, Eric Melvin.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we had Steve Soto, but he passed away coming up on two years now. Oh, yeah. Now we got Randy from Pennywise.
0: Oh, nice. Stanley
1: plays guitar from the Dickies, and then I play drums. So it's, we go around, we got about 80 songs, and we don't have a singer. And we people sign up, and they get on stage, and they, they do their best and a lot of the times it's it's pretty damn good and when it's not it's still good
0: yeah <laughs> if it's not good at least it's hilarious right yeah and i know this i know the words and the melody so if someone's
1: fucking up really bad <laughs> i can jump in and, and fix
0: it yeah that's right that's another thing is that you you have you always like sang when you played drums i noticed that from the beginning is that uh you do some pretty uh crazy shit back there you're not just, uh, you know, you're not just doing the Ramones beat, but you're still also like putting in vocals and stuff. You're like, uh, I don't know, man, that's that's that seems like it's pretty hard to do. And uh, so, my Um.
1: well, I've been doing it. I mean, not age myself, but I've been I've been doing it in a long time. And, and oh, when yeah. you do something long enough, it, it almost becomes muscle memory. And I know I, you when you play any instrument you, you just do it you don't even think about it oh
0: that's like drums truth. have
1: become i don't i don't think about it i just do it
0: yeah
1: uh there are certain there are certain parts i'm sure it's the same with bass and guitar. there are certain parts uh where you gotta like okay this riff's pretty tricky i gotta focus a little bit but most of it 90 percent of it's just kind of autopilot
0: yeah I know, yeah, for sure, especially, like, after you've been touring, playing the same songs long enough, I've definitely been in the situation where you're, like, sitting there, even, like, singing, like, lead vocals and stuff, and it's like, huh, you're just kind of thinking about other things, really stupid shit, like, uh, I don't know, fucking, oh man, I really gotta get my laundry done tomorrow. I hope we can, uh, you know, <laughs> stop somewhere for that. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh wait, yeah, the my song's head- over.
1: Yeah. My, the headlight's out of my car. I should go get a new one tomorrow. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know what I used to do? I got this idea from Eric Smelly from, from No Effects. Oh yeah. Um, I, I saw him once and you know in No Effects they play a song and then Mike tells five minutes jokes and then they play a song. <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, Eric, Eric would have a little computer set up in baseball on, oh, on it, right? Yeah. Like, underneath his hi-hat so the fans couldn't see it. And after the show, I was like, dude, that is brilliant. And he's like, well, you know how Mike is. Mike talks a lot.
0: And, <laughs> um,
1: and it just gives me something to do. And I'm like, so I did it. I got my laptop out, and I would watch hockey games.
0: Oh, yeah. My
1: Sabre game and, or whatever game was on. And I did it for about two months. And then Feldman found out about it and was, uh, he wasn't pleased. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He didn't stop me. He's like, he, he, I go, does it look like I'm watching hockey? He's like, no, then, then who cares? Right. He's like, well, why do you want to watch hockey? I'm like, I just want to glance over and see what's going on, just like you're looking in the rearview mirror yeah. every now and again to see who's behind you. Right. I want to glance over and see the score. He, and he goes, oh, man, like, what if the fans found out? I go, well, they won't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They'll never know. <laughs>
1: They'll never know. That's right. As far as I know, it's like a click track or something.
0: You know? Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Or it's like your triggers, you know. You got those triggers, yeah, like the yeah, fucking eight oh eight or whatever. Totally. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. And they'll never know until now. Um But have I you ever found w-
1: yourself? Let me ask you: Have you ever found yourself wandering off during a song so badly? That when you finally your your brain comes back around and you in back in the song you gotta like do some fill or some lick or or sing a line or or and then, or like the song's over like oh shit song's over and I gotta I gotta get ready what's the next one you look down at the set list have you ever lost yourself? definitely I call it being lost in the magic
0: yeah definitely like between songs that's happened to me before and I know that it's happened to Blue you know he's the singer he he plays all the lead stuff. So we kind of follow his lead for the most part. You know, he's the front man. That, so we follow mm-hmm. his lead. Um, and there's definitely been times when, like, I think he was real high or something. And he would just, like, <laughs> skip part of a song. <laughs> and luckily, uh, you know, we're, we've we been playing all of us uh, long enough together that we can kind of just, like, all right, get, get everybody uh, clicked in here and uh, make up for this stuff that's happening I don't even know if the audience uh, noticed, but it's it's pretty funny when it happens.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the fans really notice. They're they're just into having a show. I mean, there might be a few hardcore hardcore fans of any band that's like, oh, that singer's fucking up, or he's the bass player is not doesn't know what he's doing, or the drummer's watching a hockey game. <laughs> but most people are called, you know they're called punters. Most punters don't they don't know they don't care.
0: Yeah, that's right. They just, they're just
1: they're drunk, they're they, having a guitar. Yeah, they're just up there, nothing. like,
0: mouthing along to the wrong lyrics, and you're like, you don't know this song, but that's always good. And then you get them on stage to sing along, and they just, like, don't know what the fuck to do. It's great. Yeah,
1: another thing that I find interesting for musicians talking to each other about shows, live shows, is when you're playing a show uh, anywhere in the world, and you're on stage, and you're looking out at the audience, and everyone checks out the audience. So there's a Oh, yeah. Lots of people, and they're having a good time. That's cool. But then there's not that one girl in the, in the audience who just cannot take her eyes off you. Oh, and well, yeah, and usually you, it's a way her. around
0: for me, but I, it, I know what you're matter. saying. It doesn't matter
1: what she looks like. She could be pretty. She could be ugly. It doesn't matter. Old, young, fat, skinny. It doesn't matter. But she's looking at you,
0: and yeah. you're
1: thinking, okay, cool. That's a fan. And then you play a lot for another you know, minute or two, and you look back over, and she's staring at you again. And yeah. then she's staring at you again. And then an hour later, she's staring at you again. And you're like, "Oh boy!" And then you go to the merch booth, and you hope you're like, "Cause you know, I'm married, or I had girlfriends, and I was like, I hope that girl doesn't come up to me."
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's terrifying to be honest. Cause I'm like, you know, we always try to go and yeah, like like you said, go over the merch booth after the shows and hang out with people. Because like, I don't know. I guess it's because we're a cartoon band. That people think it's extra special to get like stuff signed by us and stuff, and I'm like, they bring up their records and stuff, and they're like, "Can you write on this?" And I'm like, "That's a really nice looking album cover. You want me to fucking put Sharpie markers all <laughs> over it? That's gonna make it look like shit." Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that always happens, and we always try to like please people that way. But I'm always afraid like some lady's gonna come up and like make it real. And that's terrifying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And when I got married for the first time years ago, I would bring my wife on tour and she'd want to go oh, see shit. the world. So we, I'd bring her on the road and I'd go into certain cities that I knew I had a couple girls in. Uh-oh. Okay. And I'd be petrified. Like, oh my God, I'm going to be in a venue walking around with my wife and that girl, Michelle, is going to walk up to me and go, hey, remember me? Remember all the good times we had? Yeah. Like, ah, this is my wife.
0: <laughs> yeah well what you know what are you doing that's 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 one way to shut it down <laughs> it's like yeah i remember never, that. <laughs> but but it never happened bro it never it never
1: once huh. it never once came to that but i was always worried that it was gonna
0: yeah i think that's uh yeah that's the the, the thing you always live with that hanging over you <laughs> when you when you do things you know you probably shouldn't be doing all right
1: have you ever played a show anywhere in the world again and halfway through the
0: show forgot where you were? Um. Yeah, probably. I, I don't know. I know. I know. I have, not, a... only,
1: not only in Europe where, where it can get really tricky because when you're in Berlin, okay, you know you're in Berlin. Sure. Or when you're in Paris, okay, we're in Paris or London or some of the bigger. But when you're in some of the smaller English towns or smaller German towns, yeah. or even some of the weirdest, we're small, small college French towns. Yeah, that you're never gonna go to again. Uh, yeah. you, like, where the fuck are we? What's it called again? Like, uh, <laughs> and, and even in America, you're like, well, wait, wait, where were we? Oh, Toledo. We're in Toledo. Who the fuck goes to Toledo? <laughs> well, you just forget. You just forget you at watch at some place.
0: point, you do, though. You know, like, there's definitely been times, uh you know, like we do to like shout out the name of the city you're in on stage, and we've definitely fucked it up before. I won't say who in the band <laughs> fucked it up, but it's definitely happened uh, more than once. So uh, you Oh, know, shit. That's uh, so classic. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, have, you yeah. Ever had,
1: have you ever had people come up to you and be like, what the fuck, man? You, don't, you, don't, you didn't remember you were in Cleveland? What the fuck, man? Uh,
0: you know, I, actually, I, I will tell the story. It happened uh, when we were in Italy for the first time. No, no, maybe it was, I don't know, second time, first time, it was early on, um, and I don't even remember, still, I don't remember the name of the city we were in, Mil- Milano, maybe, but um, I heard some people calling it something else at some point, because maybe it's, like, close to another city, or it's, like, part of uh, a, a something else, but, you know, I think I called it whatever else I heard on stage. And, you know, they weren't, they were not stoked. They were like, no, that's wrong. I don't fucking like you anymore now. And it was like, serious. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Yeah, was, maybe we were in Sicily or something, and they're like, gonna, like, I don't know, choke me to death or something, because they're all in the mafia down there, apparently.
1: Yeah. Wow. Tricky. We were in, the one time, something that came to mind with me, we were in Quebec. We oh, were yeah. playing in Montreal. And Quebec, uh, has got the best punk rock crowds in all of Canada. I mean, and oh, I lived yeah, in Toronto
0: for a number of years. Yeah, so I agree.
1: Great crowds in Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Calgary and Edmonton in Toronto, but uh, Quebec, hands down, best punk rock scene in in all of that country. So, but, but they, but they, but they've been known to not really associate themselves with the country of Canada. They they think. They're more in line with fr- French right. and, and the, the European way of life than they are the Canadian way of life. Yeah. So I walked on stage for the encore once with a Canadian flag, and the whole place, about 1,500 people booed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's so like, oh, weird. Shit. And my drum tech and my webmaster uh, were on tour with us, drum tech, obviously, but the webmaster came out.
0: Webmaster. Had to hang out with
1: us and get some vid- video. Oh, and okay. they were pissed. They were like, fucking Quebec Quebec was whatever like, Yeah. Like, how dare them and, I'm like, and what city was this
0: in? And, uh, that's what I'm sorry? Do you did you say what city this was in? Oh Montreal. Oh weird. Okay, well, all right. Yeah. So yeah, they were like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've had we've we've never had any weirdness in Montreal, but we did a show with me um, first in the Gimme Gimme's one time and it was uh, I think it was like right after Pooza Fest, maybe. Um, but it was in uh Chakutami. You ever heard of Chikudami? You know what Chakutami is? No, no. It's, yeah, I don't think a lot of people do. Um, it was a weird show because it's like in, it's it's kind of like out in the middle of nowhere, but like Me First and the Gimme Gimme has had this big ass fucking show that was like a, I don't know what the fucking capacity of this venue was, but it was definitely, you know, a Me First and the Gimme Gimme show, like well over a thousand people in this, it was like a hotel, uh, Uh, whatever, like one of those hotels, it's got a, like a big convention center in it or something. Um, right. And it was a killer show. Like, uh, but like nobody fucking spoke English or they wouldn't speak English to us. Um, they were making a point of doing so. And, uh, anyway, uh, it was the first time we met those guys. So we, we went out to the bar afterwards and was like hanging out with them and stuff. Uh, and, uh, these two guys like uh, got in a fight with a couple of uh, I don't remember exactly who it was. It might have been a Roadie Dave and somebody else, but like they were basically telling them that they should uh, speak French when they're in their country, <laughs> and it was funny too because we were like we had just gotten done with our European tour. We we're like, dude, we were just in five different countries where they speak different languages. We're not gonna learn them all, but um, but you know, yeah, they were calling them faggots and stuff and like we're like what that doesn't even make any sense like yeah it was so <laughs> yeah. weird because people you know people talk about like French people being assholes like that's the stereotype but like I don't know I've, I've never I've never experienced that but like uh and not that not that you know Quebecians or Quebec Quebecans whatever you call them uh not that they're assholes but they definitely take uh yeah that their culture very seriously and they made yeah, that they very obvious rock very to us. seriously man oh yeah for sure
1: it's a great great province for for music but yeah they're, they're more in line with, with the european french culture than they are being part of canada they tried to secede a few times they tried to break away yeah and i guess they didn't have the, the proper votes but uh it's it's fucking weird. weird 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 and this is why our job of being musicians and recording and touring is 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 the best job because you just never know what you're gonna get. I mean, obviously you know what you're gonna get when you go in the studio, you put a mic on something and you, you play yeah. the song and you try to get it as tight as possible. But when you go on the road, it's like every day is another adventure. Are we gonna get stabbed today? Is the bus gonna crash?
0: That's uh, right. Are we
1: gonna play a great show? Or our social media numbers gonna go up? Or we gonna, you know, <laughs> how's the video doing? Like it's it's a spin the wheel of, of being in a band. It's, it's it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I yeah, I I agree. Um, that's why I was actually kind of pissed when like we started using, uh, and yeah, this is going to age me a little bit, but I don't care cause I wear a mask. Nobody can see my wrinkles. Um, but when people started <laughs> using GPS to get everywhere, instead of like having to print shit out on map blast or map quest and, sh- and stuff, I was like, well, that takes all the fucking adventure out of it. But you know, it's pretty normal now. I don't know what I would do without fucking like Google maps and stuff to get. To where we need to go and it's way more efficient and uh, you know we could still get into plenty of weird situations and plenty of trouble even with that even with knowing where we're going so uh, yeah I guess it's some mostly for the better have you guys ever
1: had an experience of being robbed on the road
0: <sighs> no I just knocked down wood because uh, I heard it well yep. you know we have a saying in, the, in our band uh nothing bad ever happens to us. And uh you know, if we just keep keep saying that all the time and it it uh turns out to be true. So uh no, we That's never great. got robbed. We never got robbed. Um yeah.
1: We got almost robbed in Vancouver, Canada. We had our bus parked on the street on the side of the venue and after the show uh we walked I walked down with my crew guy, uh, my drum tech to I don't know why just to the bus to get to something and we were literally off stage for two minutes and we walked down there and these group of three guys were hanging out by the trailer by the locks like looking at the trailer lock oh yeah and they were talking blah, 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 blah. and we turned the corner and we froze and they didn't see us yeah. and they're like they're looking at it and they're touching it and they're talking oh, to each yeah. other and, and we're like hey guys Like I was like hey guys yeah and there was two it was two of us and three of them and they weren't small dudes but, oh. they, but they weren't Huge! They're like, "Oh, hey, what's up? We're just uh, we're checking out these blocks." I'm like, "Yeah, that's our bus. Do you <laughs> want me to kick your ass?" And right? I was I was scared because I was like, three on two, it's gonna be a, it could be a mess." Yeah. Um, and, I, and they're like, "No, no, 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 we don't want trouble." Like, and I walked up on him and I'm a big guy. I'm yeah, huge, I mean, they don't to want to fuck on. with
0: David Hasselhoff's uh, stunt double. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. So I walked up, and I'm like, "Hey guys, why don't you fuck off?" They're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we're fucking off." And they and they took off. They weren't like fighters; they were just deep.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: no, they, they were going to fight. They were going to fight to get into the, the trailer. They were going to leave <laughs> and try to find a, that's right. A, a more easy, uh, Mark.
0: Yeah. I mean, but, that's but me what and my tech,
1: Brett, Me and my Trump tech were like, did that just happen? We were like, yeah, man. If we were on stage for another half an hour, nothing was in it. They, they would have opened the trailer and found it empty. Yeah. But they did but they didn't know that, but they didn't know that.
0: Right. That's the thing. You, you never know. They don't know. They're gonna. You know what, and
1: the fucked up thing too. I know you guys haven't had any trouble, and thank God I hope that continues. But Canada, and I love the country. I live there. and I'm half Canadian. Yeah. Uh, Canada is no is known for especially Quebec. Not, yeah. Not just on Quebec, but like
0: Montreal
1: and Quebec City are known for stealing band shit.
0: Well, I yeah, I heard there was like a whole uh, ring going around in Montreal for a while with like they were like promoters and shit in on it where they would be like, all right, yeah, the band got done. They're going to be, you know, disposed for a moment, so you might want to strike now while the, the, you know, striking is good, whatever, analogy. Yeah. 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 So that's fucking
1: crazy. Yeah, it's terrifying. And so many times I was on air in Toronto at a radio station, big radio station. We would get an email, oh, blah, 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 Billy Talent or Metric or or some other band got robbed in Winnipeg, or robbed in Quebec, and we'd go on air and be like, hey, and a lot of the times, believe it or not, their stuff will be recovered at pawn shops. Like, pawn sure. shop owners would be like, oh, I found my guitar. Here it is. I don't want the money. Just give it back to the guy. And they'd be so thrilled to get their Les Pauls back or oh, their P-basses yeah. or snare drums. Um, but a lot of times, stuff just was never recovered. It must have got down to the States at some point. And it, yeah, watch out, watch out on the road. I tour managed a band uh, when I had some time off from Goldfinger, a Canadian rock band named called Billy Talent. I don't yeah, know If yeah. you've ever heard of him. Oh, for sure. Great rock, great hard rock band out of Canada, out of Toronto. So I had nothing to do for a summer, and I was like, I'll go on a walk tour with you guys. But we also had two weeks of doing colleges, these like college shows oh, yeah. in Ontario and Quebec. So we got a van and trailer and not and not a bus because it was like a big cash grab. So <laughs> and plus I knew the guys and I was really telling you, let's just get in the van and trailer and it'll be a lot of fun. So we went. I was so petrified as their tour manager and all their gear in the trailer that I would sleep in the in the, in the the van.
0: Oh, yeah. Definitely I'd done sleep that in the van and I'd put,
1: I would put signs in the front of the, of the, of the, of the, of the uh, van. Someone's in the van. Don't try to steal anything. Or, yeah. or, or, I'd be, or I, if I didn't sleep in the van because it was too cold, I would uh, back the the back of the trailer up to a wall. Oh it was yeah, it's actually s- smashing into the wall, brick wall, so you just impossible to get to the trailer.
0: Oh yeah, we do that all the time. That's like a that's a pro tip right there. Absolutely. Oh,
1: and I also I, I also pay guys at, at uh, parking st- uh, structures, guys that spent the night. I'm like, are you going to be here all night. They're like, I'm here to uh, seven a.m. Yeah. Like I I go, I I go here's here's um here's fifty bucks. Uh, I'm going to be back right here at seven o'clock. I'll give you another fifty. Uh, if you keep a very close eye, if I can park the van and trailer right next to the booth and you keep a good eye on it. He's like, dude, yeah, I'll keep an eye on it all night. <laughs> when I show up at like 6, 645 the next morning, they were like, oh my God, bro. Uh, dang, I give another 50. Like to me, it was a hundred bucks. It was worth it. Because yeah. I, yeah. You know, I slept like a rock knowing that my shit was guarded.
0: Well, I remember uh, <laughs> one time we, we played a show in Detroit and, uh, you know, we, we stayed at a hotel. Somewhere downtown Detroit, and this lady was like, uh, "Yeah, you probably want to park your van in these in in our in our secure parking lot. There's a gate and a guard." And we're like, looking out on the street, and we're like, "Yeah, I don't know. We we'll, we don't make that much money. We'll probably just park out on the street because there's all these uh, <laughs> street parking spots." And the lady's like, "Yeah, if you park out there, you will get robbed." <laughs> like. No, no, you might get robbed. It was like, you will get robbed. <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah, we're in Detroit. That's a good idea. Let's park it in the uh, place that we got to pay for. And, you know, you pay some extra money and you don't lose your shit. It's all about security. And, uh, you know, I'm a, not a huge fan of security, but sometimes I need it too. So uh, whatever. It works out. It's peace of mind.
1: It's peace of mind. You, know, you just knowing that you can rest, that you're knowing your stuff, your valuable equipment. That you need to, to do your job.
0: It's safe. Yeah, exactly. I will say one time, I think the closest, and I don't even know if if we could have got robbed this way, but uh, uh, I, I don't know. You, you've been around the Cleveland area a bit, I'm sure. Uh, you ever heard of a place called Now That's Class? Not off- offhand, no. All right. Well, I wouldn't recommend going there unless you want to get in a fight or b- buy a mad dog what is it, Mad Dog 50 50? Uh, the, 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 like, hooch. Oh, the,
1: wine. the, 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 root, the wine, the cheap wine.
0: Yeah. You, you could buy, like, bottles of that at the bar for five bucks a pop. Um, so this place is fucking cool as hell. Uh, I don't think we played there like, uh, four times maybe. And I'm pretty sure there was a fight that broke out every time. Uh, there's like a skate park, uh, in the, like, venue part of the bar. Um, and anyway, I guess there's like a, halfway house or something down the street. So, like, one of the times we played there, we pulled up and we had the van parked out on a on a sidewalk and uh, kind of looked over after a while. And somebody's like, hey, somebody should go hang out by the van. We just saw this guy, like, just in kind of like in rags, and he was just itching, like, you know, itching one spot and just staring at our van like a zombie, like a foot away from it, like, just... I don't know. You know, maybe he was just, uh, you know, ad- admiring the hubcaps, but uh, <laughs> we didn't want to take any chances at that point, and, uh, you know, that might have been the closest we ever got to getting robbed, but, you know. Yeah. we, I'd like to think that we know a thing or two about uh, you know, security on our own, because we've had to deal with it a lot, so we you know, we like to take, we know the precautions to take to make things more difficult for people. And uh, I think that helps a little bit. Because you can't, like... Yeah. And it, yeah.
1: It also sounds like you guys have guardian angels. Like, nothing nothing bad ever happens to us. That's that right. Nothing bad ever it.
0: happens to us. It's true. Nothing it seems ever. like there's
1: uh, there's some angels following you guys around whenever you get on the road.
0: Yeah, that's right. Oh, God. Uh, that's a good thing to have. Guitar players, I bet you thought you were shit out of luck when it comes to finding your dream guitar or amp. You know... You go on some auction site or something, and it's all crap? (laughs) Haha, yeah. Well, that's because, you know, you gotta look in the right place. And the right place is Yeah Man's Vintage and Used Guitars. They got exactly what you're looking for. Now, I know what you're thinking. Aren't they located in, like, Switzerland or something? Yeah, man, they are. Burn Switzerland, to be exact. But, you know, you can, um, get on the internet, and you can go check out their website, yeahmansguitars.com, and uh, you can order stuff on there. So, uh, you know, it don't really matter where the heck you are in the world. You can just get on their website and uh, find all sorts of cool stuff that you're looking for. And you might not even know that you wanted it until you see it on there. And there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, if you got something specific you're looking for and need some help finding it. Just hit up Yeah Man Guitars on the electronic mail. That's the email. It's like 21st century, and you got email and websites. It's like amazing. Some people would call it magic. Some people would call it science. I just call it, I don't know, crazy shit. Uh, yeah, man's guitars at gmail.com. As far as email goes, it's way email them. And while you're at it, get your band a tour in Europe and stop by the shop. Michael and the rest of the crew would love to meet you. I'm sure, and you could tell them Green sent you. Yeahmans man's vintage and used guitars. <laughs> Hi Intruder Maniacs, are you in a band? The answer is, of course you are. Everybody's in a fucking band these days. Anyway, if you're in a band, congratulations. I'm making the worst financial decision of your life. Aside from taking out college loans or something. Yeah. Now there is a way to lessen the burden of such a financial decision. It's called merchandising. And Rab Merch Company is all ready to meet your merchandising needs. You want to uh, some t-shirts? Uh, you want got a tight deadline you need them printed on? and because you booked a tour less than a month out and uh... You didn't get cancelled like everybody else's tours did uh... how about a bunch of weird random trinkets like keychains or medallions and what about koozies you know like everybody likes koozies koozies are great because they keep your drink cold and your hand warm or vice versa depending on what you're drinking Stuberad merch company can get all these made for you Stuberad merch company is an in-house artist who can help you with your designs of stuff They're still a small enough company That, uh, they pay special attention to you and your special needs. Cause, you know, everybody's got special needs. Like, uh, you know, you probably mostly. And, uh, they even got a web store. That's where the real magic is. You go on tour and you sell your stuff, but chances are you're gonna have some left over or some fans are gonna feel like left out because they didn't have enough money to buy something at your show. So they go on to stupidradmarch.com and find stuff from your band on there. They'll take care of all your production and shipping fulfillment needs. So go ahead. Go on to Red company's web store right now. And uh, check out all the tight bands that are already on there. They got a bunch of them. Like got uh, at the bomb pops and like the bad cop, bad cop and stuff. It's all good. Uh, yeah. Uh, all sorts of cool swag. And uh, right now, right now, if you go on there and at checkout, you use the code prison. You can get 15% off. All of the uh, Stupid Red Merch branded apparel uh, at stupidredmerch.com. Go check it out. Stupidredmerch.com. Nothing bad
1: ever happened to us either. We, we never got in a bus wreck. We never got robbed. No, no one in the band died or, or yeah. from an OD. Uh, we, were, we were pretty lucky. Yeah. You hear these stories of bands getting robbed. You know, the bands getting in, car, in bus crashes. Oh, and, yeah. Getting really hurt.
0: Yep. I know this, and it still happens. You know, it's like, it's so, it's such a weird thing when like tragedy strikes when a band's on tour or something. And, uh, yeah. And it, it's like crazy to think that that's like something to worry about with all the fucking shit that you got to worry about with a tour going right. Um, and then, oh, yeah, there's like, I don't know, real tragedy. It's a real adventure being out on the road. And, uh, you know, that's part of what makes it. Uh, a lot of fun but you know yeah so.
1: but it's why we do it we're addicted to it we we love the rush we love the crowds the shows i mean and at the end of the day if you can do all the good things and have a good hang with your with your friends meet some fans make some new fans sell a few shirts make a few bucks and at the end of the night you're like i made some i made some money i made some friends i had a few drinks I ate a, a, a nice meal with, with my band we played a great show it's just like that rewarding feeling of like win, 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 win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Win, win, win.
1: Not win, win. It's like so many wins in a row. But you're <laughs> right. Uh, stars have to align for bands, any band, whether it's punk or ska or metal or whatever it is. Um, stars have to align so everyone can get to where they're going, do their job, and get back in the, the hotel or the bus or the van and, and go do the next show and be safe. And if you have a, a tour that's three months, which I know you've been on and I've oh, been on, yeah. A lot, a lot can go wrong in in three days, let alone three months.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's important, you know. I, we, we, we recognize the early on the the whole saying the show must go on because it's like we missed the show because the van broke down, and it was like early on, and it was like I guarantees were bullshit, so it was like, yeah, well, guess we're gonna miss these shows because it makes more sense to wait for the van to get fixed than to try to make, you know, barely gas money to get to these shows. And then uh we got a lot of shit from the tour we were on from the band we were on tour with. And uh a lot of fans were pissed and or bummed, you know, not not that not that they were pissed at us, but they were like definitely bummed and it was like, shit, we kind of fucked up because uh we should have just uh, figured out a way to get there. And uh, you know, that's that's that was a lesson learned early on for us that, you know, when they say the show must go on, it's fucking true. You got to you got to get there. And you got to you got to do the thing.
1: It is the show really must go on cuz the fans are there and, and you, you can't afford bands can't afford to lose one fan at all let alone several or hundreds. It, the show really must go on and, and that's a great mantra and it usually does. We the only time that we ever felt scared at a show we got into, we got no a few we got no plenty of fights with security guards.
0: Really? Um, oh yeah, cuz you guys go yeah.
1: You no, know, we were always we were always uh, we always outnumbered the bad the bad security guard guy. If there was <laughs> one guy, there was like a band plus four of our crew plus our sound guy plus the bus driver. Like we were always a gang. When yeah. it was Goldfinger against a, a, sound, um, a security guard in the front that was beating up kids, we right. would stop shows and yeah. be like, "You are fucking fired!" And you look back, "Fuck you! I'm employed by the pooners. Like you, we go. We're not playing another note unless that guy leave. The yeah. crowd got, you know, and the promoter came out, and he'd look at the guy, and we were fired, and he'd, he'd get pissed. Or sometimes we, we would see security guards, big, burly security guards, like twice my size, choking kids out that yeah. are, like, 110 pounds. We'd stop the show, and they would, Charlie, God bless his heart, and John would jump in the crowd, and I'd be like, I'd put my sticks down and go, oh, great. I'd run out there, and we would just b- b- wail on a guy. And he'd be like, I want him rusted. And the, the promoter would come out and he's like, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> And the crowd whoops and We go on stage, fucking heroes. But there were one time in Toronto, we played a venue called the Opera House, which is still there. Oh yeah, in Toronto. I think I heard of that. And yeah. we, yeah, it's a great, it's a great little old converted theater, and it's legendary actually in Toronto. We play there, and it's packed, and we're pl- crowds going off. All of a sudden, the PA on the right side of the stage catches on fire.
0: Oh, yeah, I think i seen you got that on, the, on a video or something that i seen. Yeah, it's on
1: YouTube. Yeah. So the,
0: cro- the crowd smoke's coming out of it. Flames are coming <laughs> oh, out, of, out of it. Yeah.
1: I've never seen a PA on fire, but this one was on fire. So what do we do? We're smart asses. We start playing Shot at the Devil. <laughs> I think yeah. John, and this is one of John's most brilliant moments on stage. He goes, <laughs> what the fuck? Are we Motley Crue? And we started playing Shot at the Devil. Uh, so well, the at least Nevada, he didn't play he played, oh God, uh, a white snake or great white everybody pours in, uh, into the streets shows over right and but we're only maybe halfway through our set and we're like we're not we're gonna go back on stage and the sound guy's like both of the subs are burned out yeah and the crowd st- and, and then the crowd sees us talking to the promoter talking to the sound crew we're like we're going back on stage even if we have to do with Like stage volume, and I'll scream the lyrics. We're gonna go back on stage. He goes, Okay, but you're not gonna have subs, so you won't be. He's like, Fuck it. Yeah, we went back on stage. I would say about 85% of the crowd came back, and we finished the set. Nice. I'd love to know what it sounded like, though. Uh, Yeah, it probably sounded (laughs) like
0: you know, like if those really cool, (laughs) if those kids were cool. He was like, You know, I've never,
1: he's like, Shows are shows, and I'm a sound guy, so I do shows, and it's boring. But when, when he goes, this was tricky because I had to, like, try to find ways to find sub frequencies. Yeah, there you go. But I had to find ways to EQ certain. I wanted your kick drum to come through, and I wanted the
0: bass guitar to sound meaty. And so I was like, I had to, I had to work. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, and you know, most of, those, most of those kids, if they're worth their uh, punk rock stock, they've probably been to plenty of, like, basement shows and stuff where it sounds like absolute garbage. And they can appreciate the fact that shit got fucked up and, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And uh, it sounds yeah, maybe yeah, not they the were best. Yeah, that,
1: that we kept playing. And yeah. There were fans of our of our band that were really thrilled that we were just, we didn't give up. Some bands would have and oh. said, oh, let's call it a day. But and, we, we kept on.
0: And while we're on the subject of the show must go on, I remember uh, seeing you guys play at uh, Summerfest back in the day and like all was supposed to play too and it got like rained out there was thunder and lightning and shit and uh i think all set got canceled um but and your guys set was gonna get canceled but you did a thing where like you guys got like acoustic guitars or like john got an acoustic guitar and charlie was playing through this little like uh pig nose amp or whatever and you came out with like a you know, you had no PA because I think that PA got fried or something, and uh, you came out with just like a little like three piece uh, drum set it was like a snare, kick, and maybe just like one sp- little splash cymbal or something, and uh, you still played like half a set, and it was fucking great.
1: Where was it? Where- First, my memory.
0: Uh, Summerfest in Milwaukee. Uh yeah. Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That would have been a while ago, we, like right after Hangups or something. We did
1: that a few times,
0: actually, man. Oh, really? We, we did.
1: Uh, we did one. We did one in Cleveland like that. We did one in Detroit like that. We did one in Washington D.C. It it was. It got rained out, and then yeah. the promoter pulled the plug, and everyone laughed. And then, like, at two hours later, the rain stopped, but everything was still kind of drizzling. But the fans were all around our bus, and they're like, "Like, well, guys, there's a few hundred fans. Like, what do we do? What do we do? It was like, let's go out and play." Yeah, and I think I had like a little snare drum that i used as a bongo uh, just just to make some kind of percussive noise and and we had we had had acoustic guitars on the road just so john could write and right right and we and we played and he screamed the lyrics and the crowd sang most of it back to us anyway those experiences are the type type of things that that you know when you get out when you when you're done it that's what really bonds a band together with their fans
0: oh yeah absolutely i was just gonna say like uh you know because I think I'd seen you guys play a couple of times before that, and it was like, I'm going to Summerfest, I'm going to see Goldfinger play, and they're going to be fucking great. I know what to expect. And then that shit happened, and it was like, well, I didn't expect that. That's a whole new thing. That's amazing. And it was like, you know, it it, it would have been great if you guys played a regular set, but the fact that I got to see that was like so much cooler.
1: <laughs> Did you ever see us play the Rave in Milwaukee?
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, did you see the time we played the uh, the downstairs
1: part, the rave?
0: Uh,
1: when we got in trouble with we got we played there one time. Yeah, downstairs the rave the rave was downstairs, right? The Eagle Ballroom is upstairs.
0: Yeah, they got the rave is like the main venue, and then Eagle's Ballroom is like the bigger venue upstairs, and then they've got like the rave bar, which is actually like probably the best venue out of all of them because it didn't sound like absolute garbage. But, yeah, I definitely wow, saw I mean, you wow. play there at least once. We played there um, a few times. And the time that's
1: memorable is yeah. we were backstage in the back there. And it's a big room, and it was it was packed. And the owner came back. Yeah. And, he, and you don't do this with a punk rock band. He came back, and he goes, hey, guys, uh, I'm George. And this is my wife, Marilyn, whatever. Like, oh, hey. And the tour manager warned us. He's like, the, the owner wants to talk to you guys. He, you know, it's his day. He's insisting. Okay. okay. He came in and he goes, Hey guys, you know, I know you guys are into punk rock and rock and stuff. and It's cool. And the fans are having a good time and everything's, everyone's making money, but like keep, keep the swearing to a minimum. And <laughs> if you guys could like, we're both very religious. So no, no talk of like, Oh wow. No, like goddamn it or, or, you know, don't talk about Jesus or the Bible in any way. And John, another classic John Feldman moment, he goes, oh, yeah, man, totally. Yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. Oh, thanks, guys. You guys are great. We were so glad to have you back. John gets on stage, three songs, and he goes, you know what I fucking hate? Jesus. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I uh, hear him say this, and I'm like, oh, my God. The half of me goes, oh, my God. The other, half, the other half of me goes, punk fucking rock Feldman. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so he goes, yeah, I fucking hate Jesus. He goes, no, he goes, I'll tell you why. The owner of the bar came back and told us we couldn't say fuck. He told us we couldn't say anything bad about Jesus. He goes, he goes, well, fuck Jesus. And the crowd cheered. And he goes, fuck Jesus and fuck the Bible and fuck religion. The crowd cheered louder and he gets the <laughs> chant going. Of, fuck Jesus, fuck Jesus, fuck. So we, so we go into another set, another block of three or four songs, and yeah. they, I could see the owner on the side of the stage screaming at our monitor guy saying, shut it down.
0: Wow. Yeah, I, and I, our security
1: guy was there, and he's like, No, you're not shutting shit down. He's like, I own the venue. Like, it doesn't matter. We have a contract, you know, they will go stop. You have to pay them, right? <laughs> so, we, we got through our set, and he came and ripped us a new asshole.
0: Like, oh, yeah.
1: You're like, you never, you never play in this venue again? And we're like, That's cool. There's that other places in Milwaukee to play,
0: right? Yeah. Um, but he's yeah, like, I, yes. I, I may have very well been at that show. It kind of sounds familiar. I saw you guys play a lot though, so it's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> but that's that yeah, that's that's magic, you know. That like that's the those special shows you, that's, you don't like, forget. That's just- <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: It's not it's not often you go to a show and get involved in a fucking Yeah.
0: That's good stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, I heard a lot of stuff about the, the that, that venue specifically, you know, like uh it just sounds kinda weird. Bands complain about it a lot. In fact, I think I might have, like, if, I feel like I was at that show and, uh, John John might have said something like, uh, fuck this place, we're never playing here again, or something. Um, but anyway, uh, it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Lots of fun times at the rave, seeing you guys playing all sorts of other bands, uh, complain about the place, actually. It's kind of notorious for that. Um, we got, we got announced, well, the tour that got cancelled, we were supposed to be out in May with, uh, uh, Lesson Jake and Bagwagon, and that was gonna happen at the rave, and uh, you know, like I can't say exactly where Mass Intruders from, uh, because we're really just from prison, but uh, we do definitely hide out in uh around the Madison, Wisconsin area quite a bit, and uh, a lot of people who are extra familiar with us were like, "Shit, you guys are playing at the rave? What the fuck? I wanted to see you guys play a hometown show, but." the rave fuck so uh anyway <laughs> anyway i you know hopefully we'll end up playing there eventually when all this uh stuff goes back to somewhat some semblance of normal
1: i you know just get back on that for a minute i think it is going to come back i'm optimistic because this is so global and it's affecting not just the u.s it's affecting the globe right so there's a lot of smart scientists in the world, and if they can find a cure for polio and, and other things that could have fucked a lot of people up, they'll find a cure for this. And I just hope that it's sooner than later. That's all.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. They say it can take up to like over a year, and that's if everything goes well. <laughs> and they say, and it usually doesn't go well. But, <laughs> you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's,
1: that's true. That's what I'm hearing as well. But
0: I, I think they can fast track some things. Hopefully, yeah. Um, because, you know, it's, it's weird because I like, part of me loves like weird shit when weird shit happens. Like, it's like, oh, we got to be in quarantine now. Well, this is different. Huh. Um, but at the same time, you you know, I got a lot of things I'd like to be doing. Um, and, uh, you know, this is making it so I can't do those things. It'd be nice if I could get back to that. It's like, Hey, this was fun for a minute. Now let's uh, get back to what we were doing before. All right.
1: Yeah. Normal. Normal life. Being living a normal life. Playing normal shows. With yeah. normal crowds. Not. Not doing videos. Like the videos are cool. Uh, fun yeah, making, but it's getting old pretty quick. Friend. I
0: think. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Weird times we live in.
0: Absolutely. Um, I don't want to keep you too long because uh, I know you got like uh kids to deal with and whatnot. Um, but I do gotta ask. Uh, this is like the segment I do on the show is uh, crime stories. Do you got any? Crime stories? Yeah. Crimes I've committed? Well, you know, maybe. Maybe you committed. Maybe somebody you know committed. Maybe it's just a made-up story that you don't, you're just making it up and don't need to incriminate nobody, but it's good. I don't know.
1: You know, I I got a good story that I actually don't mind confessing to because it involves, you know, me being somewhat of a hero. All right. Uh, It was a summer of, 90. I was in college in Buffalo, and back in that particular summer, I was really keen on taking LSD. Oh, good. With my, with, with my friends. We used to drop acid, which at the, the Buffalo acid was laced with speed, so you, you had to walk around a lot. Oh, to, yeah. You had to be mobile.
0: You're not just, just going like, to sit there in a chair and trip out. You're going on a fucking adventure. You're going on a fun
1: adventure. So we'd walk around in Buffalo, and the weather would be great, so you'd walk around and have a good time. We, we came up. Guys, shut up. Sorry, dogs <laughs> so um we we came across this strip mall like a parking lot strip mall and inside of it was a bar you saw the lights and the unlights
0: oh yeah people that's drinking blood.
1: and whatever we and this guy this doc was slapping his girlfriend around and, oh, shit. and throwing her against a, a red sports car and she's crying and he's screaming at her for bought something i don't know like and shaking her shoulders and then throwing her into the car and she's crying trying to get away and he grabs her Flaps her across the face. And I'm like, we all froze in our tracks. Like, is this actually happening? Because a minute ago, we were just laughing yeah. and having a good time. Jesus. So I run at the guy. I snap out of it, and I start running top speed yeah. at the guy. And he doesn't see me coming, and I tackle him like a football. Boom, to the ground. He's a pretty big guy. Yeah. He gets up. We start We start going at it. We start fighting. He And I get the better of him because I just had rage on my side. Yeah. And, um... I start, he starts trying to get away, and he goes into the bar. Now, the bar had an entranceway, uh-huh. a, a little foyer with a gumball machine, ATM machine. And then, then there's another door to get into the bar. So he gets into there, and I follow him, and I push him against the wall. He falls. I look, and there's a vacuum cleaner, a little little vacuum cleaner. I take it, and I beat him down until I'm over him like a baseball bat, beating him with this mini vacuum cleaner. And he's begging me to stop. <laughs> Like stop, okay, fine, all right, enough, enough! Oh, I'm like, you geez. motherfucker, you think you're so tough? Bang, bang, bang! I'm smashing him in his head. Look, people come out of the bar, tackle me now. Yeah. And the cops show up, and I'm putting handcuffs and thrown in the back of the cop car. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm in handcuffs. I'm going to jail on acid. This oh. is going to be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, believe it or not, the dust settles from all this shit, and the cop pulls me out of the car and goes. I, I heard what happened from numerous witnesses.
0: They yeah. said
1: that without you, you, the girl would have died. And I said, "I don't. Sure, maybe. I just you can't be beating up girls." Right. And he goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna let you go." Good call. And I thought, doesn't doesn't the guy want to press charges? <laughs> <laughs> and and they're like, "No, no, no, no. You're free to go. You know, I'd recommend you guys leave right now." We're like, "Okay, bye." And we just walked. We kept walking. And I had some. He, he got a couple shots in. Yeah. And I'm kind of bleeding out of my nose and my lip. And we're like, did that just happen? He's like, <laughs> Damn, you were going to go to fucking jail on acid. I go, I know. I was kind of looking forward to it. <laughs> so yeah. we walked home and I, I, I get back in the house. We shared with my buddies. They're like, what happened to you? And I go, let me tell you a story. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably would have kept beating the guy until he died if, if someone didn't come and take me.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Him. That makes a lot of sense. Um not, not well, I'm glad you didn't. Crime story. I'm glad you didn't do that, but I'm glad you uh did what you did do because uh that guy obviously deserved what he had coming. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean who knows what have
1: happened. I, I I'm also when I, when I look
0: back on the story, I'm thinking to myself, no one came to our rescue? No one? Yeah. That's always a weird thing where you like, uh, I don't know. I mean, that was back you said it was like 1990 1991 or something. Yeah. So, 90, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know because you, you see like things about these days when like fucking, I don't know, people are being shitty to each other and people are just like filming it on their cell phones and it's like, do something for cripes sake, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't stand back and, and let something like that happen. It's, even now in my. It- later in my life, if I saw something going down, I'm going to interject. Yeah. As much as I'd want to get some cool footage, I'm going to want to do the right <laughs> thing. Here's, an, here's, another, here's another crime story that involves me being robbed, which involves Green Day. Oh. If you want to hear this one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love Green Day.
1: I, I, know you, I don't know if you pressed for time, but really quick. We no, were no, I'm tour. not pressed oh, for it was time at all. There's a band called Zero Tolerance. Oh, yeah. Out of Buffalo. We were one of Victory Records' first signings. Like they, you know, Tony Brumell really loved the band, and Nice. We would go to Chicago all the time and play shows, and he loved us, and he put us on one of his early compilations before Victory became Victory. Oh yeah. And uh, so we're on tour. We used to go on tour with Sick of It All and Chrome oh, yeah. and Agnostic Front, and we did tons of shows with Shelter, and we're up and down the coast, east Eastern Seaboard with Shelter. And this is nineteen eighty nine, ninety somewhere there. And uh, Kerplunk was out. And I remember oh, nice. knowing about Green Day from reading a fanzine called Maximum Rock and Roll. Oh, yeah. And they, talk, and they talked about Green Day all the time. Like, Lookout Records and Green Day. and They're, they're, do, they're making a lot of noise, and they're doing really well. and Their songs are great. And I used to get mixtapes, and there'd be a few Green Day songs on there. And then I got Kerplunk, and I was like, just a really great band. They're a really good rock band. You know, I didn't think anything of them like they are now. But I was like, oh, they're just a good, solid, poppy punk rock band.
0: Yeah, for sure. We were hardcore.
1: So right. they played a show that's in West Palm Beach, Florida. And I remember thinking, wow, Green Day's on the bill. I get to see Green Day finally. <laughs> wow, they made it all the way to Florida. and We're there at the same time. Great. So they show up in a van, a white van, and Trey Cool's dressed like a woman. I remember he was in drag.
0: <laughs> Sounds about right. I thought that was
1: kind of neat. <laughs> I, I was like, hey, guys, I read about you in Maximum Rock and Roll. I'm so excited to see you guys play. I'm Darren. And they're like, oh, I'm Billy. This is Mike and Trey. Yeah. Oh, cool. Hey, guys. Cool. So they go on and they play, and they're absolutely brilliant. Just awesome. I was so into it. And we go on stage. We got off stage. I go to settle the show. I'm always the guy in the band that's responsible tour managing. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you owe us $600. And he goes, oh, um, yeah, I gave that to your tour manager. Huh. I go, what do you mean you gave it to this tour manager? He's like, I gave it to Green Day. They're on tour with you guys. They're collecting
0: for you, oh, right? Great.
1: And I go, no, they're, they're not. It was like, oh, shit. So he did the right thing. He gave us whatever money he had. Uh, otherwise, we were a hardcore band. We probably would have beaten him to death. <laughs> um, but. He gave us whatever money he had, and then we had made merch, so it wasn't a complete loss. And this was before the internet, keep in mind. So we couldn't track Green Day. We didn't yeah, know where they were going. Right. We had no idea. No, no. Like, let's look them up. Oh, shit. So year, years go by. It's now 1990, um, it's 1994.
0: Oh, well, that was the year.
1: And Dookie's and du- du- and out, and yep. it's doing great, and it's blowing up all over K-Rock and LA, and Goldfinger just started. And I sneak backstage at this big boxing, old boxing venue. I forgot what it's called. It was downtown LA. It was an old boxing arena that they they transformed into a venue. Huh. And, and Dookie played and K-Rock put it on. It was huge. And I somehow snuck backstage. I don't know how I did it, but I did. And I got backstage on a Goldfinger demo. I think we were called Goldfinger for a week. <laughs> and I walk, I get backstage, and I get all the way into the dressing room. Now, Green Day were blowing up. They were making a lot of noise, but they weren't like they are now. Yeah. Uh, and I walk right up to the guys. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm in a band called Goldfinger. You never heard of us, but here's my demo tape. Would you listen to it? They're like, yeah, totally. And I go, do you guys remember a hardcore band in 1989 called Zero Tolerance in West Palm Beach, Florida, that you stole $600 from? And they, <laughs> and they all looked at each other. They looked at me, and they're like, I think so. Why? I'm like, I'm the drummer of that band. <laughs> Tour manager, too. And they, they looked at each other, and they froze. And they go, do you want some pizza and beer and hang out with us tonight? Yeah. And I, I was a starving musician. I was like, Absolutely. Yeah So we drank beer and we partied all night long and they go, we'll definitely check out your demo. Nice. Thanks for this. But every time I seen Green Day from that day until until the their course of their career, I always went to Billy and Mike and Trey. I'm like, You guys got my six hundred bucks? <laughs> and and they look at me and they laugh and they're like, You're not you're not gonna let that go, are you? I'm like, Well now it's six grand.
0: Right? You got fucking up the vig.
1: Now, yeah, now it's $6,000. Oh, come on. Like, we're so teary, don't we? I'm like, yeah, you do. You do. They do. They put me on the guest list. Nice. Plus whatever I need and backstage passes. So it's all really cool guys. But they did take us for 600 bucks. makes me think how many bands did they do this to.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I'm pretty sure they've been sued a bunch of times for like uh, copying band songs and stuff.
1: So that th- those are two good crime stories, I guess.
0: Yeah, those are great. I love it. Thank you very much for that. I enjoyed those stories immensely. You got Green Day and uh, beating up some dude who was, uh, you know, beating up his lady. Those were, uh, those might be my favorite crime stories right now. That's good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. And you got let go by the cops. That's always a good time.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. I mean... I'm I think the guy wanted to press charges. i uh, looking back. I think he was like, I got beat up by the guy with a vacuum cleaner. And he was like, No, it doesn't matter. You were smacking a girl around. We got 50 witnesses.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> I mean, and if I arrest a guy, is that going to stand up? No. Once the once judge hears what happened, he's going to let him go.
0: Right. So That's why am right.
1: I going to waste my time arresting this guy?
0: That's right. Well, good so job. It all worked out. Yeah. And because of that, uh, GoFinger Finger, none of your bands ever got uh, robbed or nothing because uh that no uh, exactly what's it called it
1: could be it could be car- good karma
0: yeah karma I-, I was gonna say caramel but that's just delicious candy <laughs> it's karma
1: karma <laughs> yeah well mm-hmm. listen man thanks for having me on the show this is great let's let's connect again in the coming weeks and then you can come online
0: oh yeah we'd love we'll to talk for a
1: while you can tell me so- i'll have some questions for you and then we'll uh we'll complete the circle
0: absolutely let's complete that circle sounds good to me bud
1: all right brother thanks for having me on let me know when you uh put this to air and then i'll help you show, throw it out to the the interwebs
0: absolutely will do and thanks a lot man we'll speak to you soon all right brother all right stay in touch yeah we will do and that's it for the intruder green podcast you can hit me up on twitter facebook and instagram all at intruder green the intruder green calling line is 1- plus 1-608-535-9608 patreon.com slash intruder green if you want to become a producer of the podcast Produced, (laughs) the True to Green podcast is produced by Colin Bennett, Hair and Makeup by Genevieve Smith, Set Design by Dylan Raymer, Catering by Matthew Hendershot, Lighting, Squeak Lights, Rahway, New Jersey, Our theme song is Particles by Pythro. Hi, I'm in Delaware.